Played, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed Spider-Man ice cream popsicle, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed dead cop, Nick Weiger. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm, I'm self-proclaimed, I am not proud cake, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the premiere anime podcast, where we're taking a break from our watch down of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya to um, chat about a anime-influenced, anime-adjacent feature film produced by Sony Pictures, written by and produced by uh, Lord and Miller, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the, the directed by uh, the, the completely different directing team from Into the Spider-Verse, which I was kind of uh intrigued by and I don't know what 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 happened beyond that but there were a trio of directors who were mm-hmm. on the first film um Bob per- Peraschetti, Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman. Uh for this film again they have a a you know a, a triforce of directors uh for a, a, a across the uh the Spider-Verse. Uh but this team is uh Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers and Justin K Thompson. So I'm not quite sure why there was that full turnover but you know hey Great work all around. Re- really stunning work. Like, I mean, I don't want to, like, get too far ahead. But I I don't know. I, I think we're, <clears throat> I think we're going to have plenty to say. Yeah. Yes, I think we right. should I think we should get all the other business out of the way. Okay, great. Great. So, um, Ash, what? <laughs> Ash, that's, that's your cue. Uh. Ash is cranky today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I'm a little cranky. Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum, former star of Pokemon. Um, I'll choose you, Matt Apodaca. Wow. Okay, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm i going to keep it brief. I'm sorry that you're in such a bad mood, Ash. I wish there was something I could do to turn it around. Um, well, if, you, if, you, if you've got a lawyer, that would help. Oh, Jesus. I some don't, legal trouble? Yeah. I do have a lawyer. He's fucking great. He's a fucking oh, pit bull. Great. <laughs> um, I need you, to- I'll, I'll give you his information. I recommend it to everybody. That's huge. I would love it. Yeah, you got a um, problem. He'll grab his ankle and not let go. What? Fucking who's, ferocious. Whose ankle? His own ankle? No, not his own ankle. No, like whoever whoever's going after you. I have a okay. lawyer too, but he's the former mayor of New York City. Oh, boy. Oof. Yeah, Matt might want to sever ties there. He, I got him at a great gonna get, rate. No, he's because he's getting disbarred. That's why. He's not going <laughs> to be able to legally practice law. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you can't. You got to you can't be working with this guy. Yeah, you cannot. You can't. <laughs> but he's so funny. <laughs> he's, no one's saying he's not funny. That's not he, the issue. He gave us permission <sighs> to laugh again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woof. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I would drop him. Okay. Yeah, drop okay, him. Okay, great. Great. I won't, I won't push back. You tell me, I'll drop, I'll drop fucking anybody. I don't give a shit. I wrecked my poke car. Oh, oh Wait, hold on, hang on. Are you okay? <laughs> wait a second. No. 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 And no. here's why I say no to this. No. 
There are Pokemon. Those are creatures, pocket monsters. Yeah. Everything else in the world of Pokemon is normal and regular. Really? What's a Pokeball? Wouldn't that a, just be ball? A ball that which can contain, well, Pokemon and Pokemon adjacent technologies, I'll say, are yeah. the only odd thing in the world. It's like saying dog leash or you know, dog collar. It's yeah. like, yeah, this is this is per, the purpose is this, you know, particular creature. Okay. It doesn't inform we don't ha- we don't drive around in dog cars. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I I follow your logic, but that okay, doesn't great. change that I'm driving a poke car. Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> Did you let a Rotom loose in a regular car and then a Rotom mm. inhabited maybe this electric vehicle thus becoming a Pokemon car sounds like some I, sort of Rotom situation. I see. I see what you're saying. That wasn't the the case. Oh, okay. Okay. I okay. Okay. I'll just I'll I'll let it go. I'll let it go, and I'll just briefly get into what I've been weaving. Great, because it ties into what we're discussing today. Awesome. Because you know, I as as I've spoken about recently, I you know I've been watching Cowboy Bebop. It's been a little bit of uh, I've been really enjoying that. I haven't seen much more as of late. But after seeing this movie, I was so jazzed that I walked into the bookstore next door to the movie theater Ooh. and went straight to the comic section just because that's where I like to spend a little time before I have to go do something else. I was walking around, look at the manga, look at the graphic novels and see what's, you know, if anything's calling to me. And of course, what caught my eye? Hmm. This trade paperback of Spider-Punk, Battle of the Band, written by our pal Cody Ziegler. How cool. Zig. Yes. And Throwing out the horns there. That's right. And he's got freaking horns on his head, too. He's kind of... Wow. He's really cool. And I've been looking, I've been reading this, and obviously, like, I know that, like, our pal Zig has been writing a lot of comics for Marvel. And this is the first, like... I don't know. It's just cool to buy a book with your friend's name on it. Sure. It's, like, it's awesome. It's very cool. So I'm very proud of my friend. I did send it to him. Um, I, I sent a picture of it to him with me, like, pretending to throw it in the trash. Because <laughs> I had to do that. But uh, what, as we talk about the film, there was just, like, a clear reason I had to have this. I loved loved Spider-Punk in this movie. And we'll talk about him later. But that's, that's basically it for me. Uh Wow. That's great. Yeah. I have what? those uh I have those uh those Zig uh Spider-Punk comic issues. Wow. Like the actual the the little guys. Yeah, you're like a better friend, I think is what you're no, saying. No. 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 First off, he's not going to receive any money for what we did. No. That's true. That's a, No, that's it's, yeah. It's an yeah. side of the industry works. There's no. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no No, he, there's nothing. So, I should well download it. a PDF. You're saying <laughs> <laughs> Zig's been paid, and that's all the money he's gonna get for yeah. it. <laughs> uh, well, that then, yeah, that's so that's it for me. Shouts to our boy, uh, and uh, Ash, I'll kick it back over to you. Yeah, hey! po- what is you, you? What had happened with the Poke car? Did you like drive it into a tree? Did yeah. you? Uh, God forbid! Did you hit a Pokemon? You didn't run over an execute, did you? Or an executor? No, no. You you know the um. Wrapped it around a pseudo widow. You know that song that starts with, 
I've been drinking. I've been drinking. No, I, I, I don't I, know this song. Yeah, it's like a Beyonce song. Is it an Andrew WK song, like a party anthem? No, it, it's a Beyonce song. Oh, and cool. Look, that I mean, that's the drunk long and love. short of it. Is she was drunk in love, and I was drunk in car. Oh boy, totally different things. One more metaphorical, uh, the other overtly criminal. Um, are you do need a lawyer? You absolutely, and I, honestly, yeah. my guy might not be the guy because he's more of an entertainment lawyer. So I think you need like a probably a criminal defense. Well, attorney. I mean, like what I did was funny. So does uh, that count so? as entertainment? I don't how know. So? You could kill anybody at any time. I have no sympathy for drunk drivers, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about what you considered to be funny. Now there's like, you're like a scale that is comedy, right? There's like a scale where you have like you do feel bad. For somebody who's like an alcoholic, right? Like, because it is yeah. like a disease. But once you get behind the car, behind the wheel of a car, that scale no longer exists, and I'm just mad at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. So right now you're in that spot, and I unfortunately I have two options. I could call Officer Jenny, and Officer Jenny, you know, can bury you under the jail. Right? Well, I'll be honest, she's not gonna answer. Oh God, what? Nick Weiger, I choose you. I wouldn't mind being disciplined by that officer, Jenny. I tell you what. No, yeah, me too. Uh, let's see uh, what that baton does. Lock all right? me up. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tatsuya Endo, best known as the uh, manga artist behind and author of Spy Family, Mm. Had an earlier work. What's the word? Mangaka? What do you call a manga? Mangaka. A mangaka. The mangaka of Spy Family, uh, which is so terrific and is obviously such a hit, both in manga form and in anime form. He had an earlier work called Tista. Uh, this came out in 2007, 2008. And Spy Family was his first work that was translated into English, but because there's renewed interest in his catalog, they have now licensed a new English translation of Tista, and it is available on Shonen Jump. And so I started reading it. There's only the first volume out now. There's ultimately, it's eight chapters uh, divided into two volumes. And it is, you know, it's first off, the art is great. He's just a terrific Terrific artist, particularly rendering, you know, like exteriors just does a great job of drawing cityscapes. And this is set in like actual New York. Very, very on theme for today's episode. Uh, it's set in, it's not set in the the fictional world that Spy Family occupies. It's set in like New York City. And it follows a character, uh, the title character, who is basically... Much like your forger in Spy Family is a woman who has a cover story. She's like just a student by day, but she is the world's deadliest assassin uh, by night. In fact, has crosshairs for eyeballs and can just basically, you know, kill someone at any distance uh, with her high-powered rifle. Uh, and uh, the the thing that so like that's very common the idea of like that that's a commonality with with spy family the idea of someone having like a secret and a, a, a secret sort of you know extremely dark side um, 
that that lives in the shadows and then in the light just sort of being like a normal everyday person. The thing that's different is that this one is much more serious in tone. Not that there's no comedy, but like Spy Family is just like straight up goofy. It's yeah. like as much of a, a it's as much a spoof of like the spy genre and the action genre as it is actually, you know, hitting the beats of it. This one is very much like, okay, and you can tell he has a passion for this sort of, you know, subterfuge, skullduggery, uh, secret society sort of world, but this is much less Kingsman and much more like, you know, James Bond or Alias. It's a lot more serious, uh, although there are moments of levity, one of the, which is maybe my favorite character name I've come across in some time. Uh, there is a young artist named Artie Drawer. Artie Drawer. Nice. He's Artie. Mr. Drawer. Yeah. You can call me Artie. I liked drawer, it. Drawer is a hard, that's a hard last name. Yes, Drawer. It's more drawer. like Drawer, but if you say Drawer, the work the wordplay doesn't work. Artie Drawer. But, uh, okay, so the, the first issue is, the first chapter is uh, Tista meets Artie Drawer, and, you know, he's working for a museum. It's the kind of, like, it is the kind of absurdish sort of caper that you'd see in a spy family, which is that the museum... Uh, the museum's curator is actually like a drug dealer who smuggles dope inside of pieces of art. And now he's trying to convince Artie, who's like his young apprentice, to deal drugs on his behalf. Um, and Tista, meanwhile, has a job to try to take all these uh, uh, nefarious evildoers out. Uh, and that's just sort of how the, t the first of the two of them connect in the civilian life, and then they're connecting in the... Uh, this underground sort of world. There's also all sorts of like, you know, Christianist connections. Like she goes to confession and that's where she gets her job dispatches. I don't know. Overall, I would say like, it's, it's a really interesting work from a, from a, a, you know, a very interesting artist. And I, I'm, I'm engaged by it. I'm going to read all of it. Cause again, it's just eight chapters. Um, but I'm a little surprised that it's not goofier. Maybe it gets goofier, uh, but it seems like, Maybe as maybe as he did more more work over the 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 years, he sort of like sort of latched on to that more comedic tone. Um, but again, this one's a little bit more straight ahead. But yeah, that's if you got to get the Shonen Jump app, uh, Tista by Tatsuya Endo. Check it out. That's what I've been weaving. Heather, wow, how about you? Um, it's been uh, I I have I have a shameful I haven't. Weaved anything wow. since last wow. we recorded. Wow. I haven't had an opportunity to watch any supplemental anime. Wow. I haven't looked. I mean, like, I have, you know, action figures and stuff around me. But I I haven't bought anything. I haven't seen anything. I haven't done anything. That's a first in in fifty two episodes. More uh -huh. than fifty two episodes. I think it's I think it's happened before. And no, it hasn't. Okay. Maybe maybe once. Maybe it happened once before. Wait. So okay. Wait. Hold on. I did. I did weave one thing, uh, and um, I I crossed a a conceptual threshold wow. to do it. I took the cover of. The most the 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 premiere issue of Gundam: The Origin, 
which is a portrait, a portrait style image of the uh, the Gundam, like the main mm-hmm. 78 Gundam, right? Grandpa Gundam. But I wanted to make it a wallpaper for my computer. So I downloaded that new Photoshop beta and used oh. generative fill to expand the uh, background using AI applied statistics. It's not artificial mm. intelligence, guys. It's applied statistics. What, it's, what, what is most likely to go here? Um, and made myself a really pretty be- watercolor wallpaper of, uh, of my favorite Gundam standing triumphant. Uh, on like in in a way that I would never have been able to do myself. Cool. So, that's a little weaving. That's cool. Just a little bit. Yeah, it made me feel like there are so many images from anime that I want to reframe and repurpose for my own private use, like mm-hmm. a, as a wallpaper. Uh, and I'm frustrated often with their limited availability as wallpaper. So, you know, maybe that's what that Photoshop beta is all about. That's what I did. You know what? That's not nothing. And it's certainly better than uh, crashing your poke car. Well, no need for shade. I mean, it's not It's not shade. Cr- also, crash, crash implies unintentional. Oh okay. <laughs> I, you just made it worse. Yeah. I mean, pretty obviously made it worse. I was already concerned for Officer Jenny, uh, which is, you know, A-C-A-B all day. But, you know. Right. When you're fine as hell, (laughs) what do you do, right? Tough. I'll tell you what you do. You don't issue Ash Ketchum, Pokemon Master, a parking ticket. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. I don't know. Some sort of retributive act, I guess, involving alcohol. Nick Nick said that he was the dead cop earlier, but I'm just getting a little concerned. Yeah, I'm a little worried something happened. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the 2018 film. I'll admit that I saw Into the Spider-Verse relatively recently, and it took some prompting. And that's even as much as I love animation, I'm so burned out on fucking Marvel shit. Yeah. That I was just kind of like, all right. I mean, I'm going to watch another fucking Spider Man thing. And every Spider Man thing that people told me was good that I watched, I've, I haven't liked any of it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, all right. But my wife really loves this movie. Um, and I watched it with her recently uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse meeting. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I, it's, it's like, you know. Maybe the best superhero movie and also the best multiverse movie and one of the most gorgeous animated movies ever made. It it really is a staggering achievement. Also that they were able to and this is the this is where I really this is when I really like this sort of use of IP when you parlay an IP that has a lot of cachet and are able to use it in a way to be experimental and because, like, if you tried something original and tried to do all of these, hey, we're going to do all these clashing art styles and we're going to, you know, we're not going to put motion blur. Or we're going to we're going to animate this in twos. So everything's kind of like like stuttery, you know, like we're going to do all these things to kind of make it look uh, distinct from 
what people have in their mind as a 3D animated film or a conventionally animated film. It's hard to do that unless you have, uh, it's hard for to get the money to do that unless you have the security of like, okay, here's this known quantity uh, of, of Spider-Man at the center of it. And that they were able to do that. I mean, I, I think it's just a really, a really impressive achievement and just such a, such a feast for the eyes and I love every second of it. This is also an example of the Netflix Breaking mm. Bad effect in that the first movie, while fucking brilliant, like I saw it, I have so many things yeah. to say about the first movie and, and this movie, but you know, I saw it in the theater and it came at a very important time in my life. Uh, and uh, I told, I, I preached uh, and spread the gospel of that movie to everybody I knew, but it was really hard to sell people on an animated Spider-Man movie, which I think probably mirrored the internal experience of the production team. Selling an animated Spider-Man movie in a world where Spider-Man movies already exist and have been rebooted yeah. three times in our lifetime? Jay Jonas Jameson is like, like enough pictures hard... of Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't even want to hear about this guy anymore. <laughs> but it was so important to me that I, uh, to you know, be a little vulnerable here, on my way to my uh, double mastectomy for my uh, cancer diagnosis, I just listened to what's mm -hmm. up danger mm -hmm. on loop because I was like, this is fucking terrifying. But if I can be like Spider-Man and just like fight this through, then I'm going to be okay. So, so like true story, uh, neither Mary nor I can listen to the song anymore because we were both so scared when we were listening to yeah. it that it is ruined, but it really, 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 really helped. And not a lot of people saw the original animated film. Then it was put on Netflix for, I think, two years. And the opening weekend of this film has made the amount of money that the first film made it in its entire run. Domestically, that's wild. Yeah. Or, or, so or worldwide, maybe. I think... I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that... I could look it, it up. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. People can look it up. No, I know, but I, I was podcast. just. I wasn't sure because I was. I you know, whatever. I don't fucking contact. I, don't, I do whatever I want. I don't give a shit. It was a lot of money. Made Neither a lot do of money. I. Fucking who cares? <laughs> but um. But yeah, it it made a ton of money, and I think that that's because Netflix give gives people an opportunity to uh, commit to something without any risk, and that's the the one service that um the uh, anti-union, anti-creative uh, platform Netflix al allows is for work that was previously not given its proper due to receive uh, the accolades oh, of a yeah. large audience. Streaming services and, you know, both, both for TV and film and also for music are incredible values for consumers because you have access to all this stuff you have access to an enormous library for one flat fee. You know, that is those exist because the people who create these are not being fairly compensated. Uh, but right now, you know, that's where things are. So I guess get while the getting is good. So, yeah, you're right there. That if you're already paying for this thing, it's just up there. Yeah, I'll watch a little bit of this. Oh, wow, this thing looks cool. And I think that's basically anyone's reaction from seeing any amount of footage to this, uh, footage of this. 
Uh, here's what here's what I'll say. And uh, actually, before before we get into Across the Spider Verse, I want to get Matt your thoughts on Into the Spider Verse. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I I love Spider Man, right? Like, I just grew. I I I've always just loved Spider Man ever since I was a little kid. I love Spider Man. Um, I remember. Um, and you know, we'll have more to say about this a little later. Also, like, if you're worried about spoilers. We're gonna probably spoil some of it, but we'll get you know, into spoiler yeah. country at a certain point. But right now, we're talking pretty. Yeah, we're pr- talking pretty generally. I saw general, the first yeah. movie twice in theaters because I was just gonna go no matter what because mm-hmm. I, I I just love Spider Man and I in particular, as you know, as a Latinx person, love Miles Morales. Right, mm-hmm. like he's uh, Afro Latino. He's uh, he's half black, half Puerto Rican. I'm half Puerto Rican, so I immediately just like have an interest in in miles morales because he's not peter parker because i know i i I know the peter parker story i understand the peter parker story i've seen it fucking (laughs) a million times now in movies so the fact that they were making an animated miles morales movie i was like oh that kind of sucks not that like i think cartoons are less but i was like he deserves like a live action Sort of thing, but I go see this thing. It yeah, fucking, I, I get what you're, yeah, I get the way you're you're, you're yes. saying it. it was it, to you. It like kind of seemed like oh, maybe this is like a consolation prize. Yeah, like oh, okay, yeah, we can't be in live action. We can be a cartoon though, and that's right, fine. Right. Uh, you know, I'll go see this thing. Uh, I saw it, and I went and saw it again because uh, I needed to get out of the house uh, because um, at the time I was living with my friend, and she was putting her cat down that day, and I was like, I can't be here for this. I have to go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was like, I gotta leave. Both of you have this film inextricably linked to something horrific. I know, yeah. And she was like, "It's going <laughs> to tragedy happen. you live through. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to happen here. If you want to be here, great. But if not, I totally understand." And I was like, "Sweet, I'm leaving." <laughs> like I can't because like we we had four cats in in our apartment, and I was like, yeah. "Ah, I just love uh, you know, R.I.P. Beauty. She was a great cat. Um, a sickly little old bag though." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I so I walked over to the arc light and saw it again and was just I miss like, the arc light. I fucking loved the arc light, dude. I loved it. What a great theater. A God, great a theater. Fucking arc light. Um, God. And I you know, it's it was also at a time where I was not seeing movies twice because I just like don't didn't have money to do that. But yeah. I was like if I saw it once, that was a miracle. But I went and saw this thing and it just I just really love it. And like I you know, it doesn't happen all the time because it's not the you know, our I it's it's tough to talk about because it is like such like a like emotional thing kind of like I don't know like I don't hear a lot of like Puerto Rican slang in movies mm. so like when he's like talking to his mom I like can't fucking handle it like I it, it just like it gets me like choked up I I really love it um and same thing in like the video game when I see his room and he has like a Puerto Rican flag in his room just like that fucking rocks I love it it's mm. just like it's such like a I don't know personal thing and i'm also like i don't know culturally not very like tied to my like ethnicity like just like the way i was raised but like when i see it as examples in movies it's that age-old thing of like representation like does matter like it fucking does like i just like it just gets i like can't even think about the movie coco dude i can't fucking think about it uh or or even like um there's like, I mean, there's plenty of other examples, but like, mm-hmm. or just like the fact that we talked about this before, but like, there's, there's so many Latinx people in Star Wars now, and that just means a lot to me. Um, but 
this first movie, I remember just being like, I love Lord and Miller also. Like I'm a big fan of their work. And I just remember I just remember when Miles Morales was a new character even in Marvel Comics because I bought the first few issues because I thought it was interesting. And I remember Donald Glover being a fan of his at the time, and still am a fan. But uh when he was campaigning to be Spider Man in the amazing Spider Man movies, uh he like I remember he auditioned for that and like that was like a public thing that he was like campaigning for that. And when they created Miles Morales, they like based it kind of off of him, mm. like looks wise, and he got yeah. to voice him in a cartoon. He appeared in Spider Man pajamas in yes. Anthropology One Hundred One, the second season premiere of Community. Yes, which was one of my all time shows when it was on. I, I loved it, and. uh and yeah, the Spider-Man or Miles Morales was created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli, mm-hmm. uh, and they based it off of that. They were quote heavily influenced by African American actor Donald Glover's appearance in Spider-Man pajamas. I think he used to tell this joke on stage, or he would say it in interviews or whatever. He's like, if you take the pictures out of a Spider-Man book and just read the words, and you read that this guy who lives with his aunt and uncle in Queens is a superhero. You're not picturing him as a white kid. You're just not picturing a white kid when you like take out the fact that he's white. Uh, and like he could be anybody. And mm. that's, I think, the power. That's what's interesting about Miles Morales. And the message of the first movie is that anybody could fucking, anybody could be Spider-Man. And no, you, anybody no, could you wear have the to mask. Be re- no, you have to be related to Palpatine. You cannot, <laughs> it can't just be anybody. <laughs> You're right. No. And see, that's, don't even fucking get me started. It's like such more, inti- and uh, all that to say, I love these movies. I love Miles Morales. And I love that. I just love the messaging. I just, I just like that anybody could be him. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it fucking rocks. It's so great. And, uh, and also, he's just more of an interesting character. I think he's more interesting than Peter Parker, just because I've seen it enough. I think there's a, a huge high likelihood that if you think of Spider-Man 10 years from now, you'll be thinking Miles Morales, uh-huh. not Peter Parker. Because I think that just popularity-wise, like... There's there is a chance that Miles crescendoing popularity is going to eclipse Peter Parker. You'll be like, oh man, Spider Man, Miles Morales, or that old guy. Who's the old guy? Peter. Peter Parker. Right. I know. And yeah. I don't really follow comics, but I know that's happened with like the Green Lantern, right? I know that's we're talking DC, but there was like there, like people who like really follow DC is like, oh, there's all these Green Lanterns. But I know the one Green Lantern, the guy from the the uh, the Justice League animated series. That's the one that's I remember. That's probably Hal Jordan, probably. Yeah, and so like, and so like, people like when sh- when they show yeah. other ha- Green Lanterns, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. So yeah, it's totally possible the same thing will happen. I, I think it also depends on how they depict the live action Spider Man because if they decide to do to go that direction at a certain point, I mean that'll certainly affect things. Here's the thing, like I I as I just said, I don't really follow comics. Um, Natalie, uh, like Matt, loves Spider Man. Character is very mm-hmm. important to her. Super, super into uh, to Spider Man, and also was like, like had given me context, like you were just saying, of like, oh, the Spider Man sort of, uh, I don't know what you call. I guess the Spider Verse has expanded to the point where a lot of you know, there's a lot of different representations of Spider Man, and a lot of those appeal to you know, a lot of different. Um, uh, parts of the fandom that maybe weren't traditionally represented in comics, and that's like a big part of like you know why yeah. Spider-Man has this big, 
like, like that that's a big part of his mo- of the character's modern direction um so you know like 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 all that is like all that context i'm basically getting from the spider-verse movies because i don't i have nothing yes. else outside of it and it's more interesting when he's a kid when he's like a married adult sure it's like not as interesting uh and like a lot of people would say that like people think the spider-man comic stopped being good when he got together with mary jane it's like okay well like so, like, he's just a married guy now. That kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, a lot of the, the what once your life is solved, it's like it's like a little bit less yeah. to do. Uh, it's like it's like now he's doing post game content. Um, yeah. So across the Spider Verse uh, came out, you know, just a couple weeks ago as of this episode's release. And here's what I'll say: I was very excited about this movie. Uh, I uh, I really you know, we we saw it in the theater. We saw it in Dolby. Um, and. Uh, so with a pretty packed house that was really enjoying it, I I was I was the thing I was a little worried about is that I saw going in that it's 140 minutes long, and I was also reading that that makes it the longest animated film ever produced in America, and I was like, yeah. oh, is this thing going to be a little overstuffed? And my feeling is. I think it is a little long. I think like I, I kind of wish there was a little bit. Whoa! I think it, I think it overstays its welcome a little bit. I love looking at it, but it feels a little bloated. And maybe I'll feel differently when the rest. Because I this is how fucking uninformed I am. I didn't even realize it was like part one of two. I didn't. I thought we were gonna resolve this arc by the end of it. Oh. I didn't realize. But like like so maybe when I see part three, it will all all sort of be like okay, all this is earned. But like watching it in isolation, I was like. Man, this is kind of act one. I fucking love this thing. This is a masterpiece. And act two, I'm kind of zoning out a little bit. But I don't know. That was that was my reaction, and that's really my one critique. Is I feel like it's a little overlong and bogs down a little bit in in the weeds. Someone was saying. I remember I, was, I read this comment online that was like, "Act two is has the vibe of act three, kind of, like a normal act three. Um, like well, up until the point where." Uh, he's like running from them. Yeah, right. That's like the end of the that that should be the end. But then there's like another like hour after that or something, uh, where other stuff where other stuff happens that's gonna be like consequential to the rest of the story in in part three. Um, I could. I'll say that. I. I didn't ever like check out like in terms of like thinking it was too long i was sitting i went on saturday right so like i I went to an earlier showing but it was still pretty packed uh i was sitting between two different parents and at both at separate times both parents were just like looking at their phones and i was sort of like uh, it was honestly the rudest thing (laughs) it was like it was was so fucking rude i was like this sucks i'm like i mean they brought their kids or whatever right so like that's like one thing but like i'm a paying adult sitting in between these two people with that are here to entertain their children their kids are having a fucking blast i'm laughing my ass off watching this fucking thing (laughs) and they're just like checking their phone and that sort of would take me out of it but that's the only way i knew that it was long at all was that i'd have to stop for a second and look over and be like oh there's a phone on and I will say there was a kid sitting next to me who, um, next to one of the parents who um, almost figured out whispering, <laughs> like almost got it. <laughs> it was it was really like, it endeared me to this kid kind of because normally I'd be like, oh man, it kind of sucks that everybody's talking in this movie. But this kid was like so excited and being like, mom, that's 
so that character is from this and like he was just it was just really great yeah. that this kid was so knowledgeable and trying to get his mom excited about it but just could not figure out that he was talking at basically a normal phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's endearing it was really sweet yeah i was going to say uh that i i have so my viewing experiences were in the the subheading of viewer experience yeah. uh, i went to see uh spider-verse at 10 30 in the morning and uh mary and i chose the theater we chose because there were only two other people who were in that showing and we're like oh great look this is perfect because every other showing is packed just fucking packed even at 9 a.m but this 10 30 showing okay great so we get in and uh the seats are weird and we're like what's this and I'm like, oh, I think maybe these are speakers. They have speakers built into the seats mm. to give you like a more immersive sound experience. Okay. And then at the end of the trailers, it says, welcome to the MX 4D experience. And I was oh, like, boy. okay. And the seats began to move and then also spray us. And I don't know. You got fucking webbed? Who's. I don't know who wants this experience, which is why there were only two seats sold. Um, every time we, we stayed for 10 minutes, and every time uh, Gwen got punched, you get punched. <laughs> like there's the like there you, there's like whack, you know what a whack-a-mole is, right? Yes. There's like these like not like knobs that come out of a out of a uh, Swiss cheese style piece of wood. Yes. Well, that's in your chair, built into the spine of your seat and into your ass are whack-a-moles. <laughs> so every time she get punched, she like you'd get hit in your chair. And if she got punched like 10 times, it would do like a Mortal Kombat combo on you. And then she would always spray web right after that happened and you'd get shot in the face with like hydraulic pressurized air or water and then punched again. And then she would swing and the seats were programmed to move every time she swung. So the first 10 minutes of this movie was so intense in these chairs that I had a panic attack. And then I was like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. So we left exchanged our seats for a different showing and got to see it in normal viewing in an IMAX. And it was wonderful. But I do not recommend the MX 4D experience for Into the Spider-Verse. So we saw, I went and saw, a Mission Impossible Fallout is like my favorite movie. And I went and saw that a few times. And, and I think my third screening, I went with a bunch, with a big group and we went and saw it in 4DX, which is either similar to what you're saying or it's, or it's the same thing. Uh, and I like had a drink with me and like within the, during the cold open, the seat was shaking so vigorously that I spilled like my entire drink <laughs> in my lap. Yeah. And that's like a drink. You with a drink in a chair that's not moving is a yeah. fucking disaster anyway. <laughs> lid fall, lid flies off and fucking doused in soda. So, uh, okay. So. But that said, beyond that, I had the fucking best time. I was like, I kind of love the right aspect of it. It isn't normally how I want to see a movie, but there are certain movies that I enjoyed. A uh, friend of the show, friend of uh, Get Played, Jordan Morris, went and saw, what was the, was it X-Men Apocalypse? Was that, there There was like the, right? There was one. There's yeah. one called yeah. X-Men Apocalypse, which I think was, was 
pretty roundly panned. Um, but he went and saw it in 4DX, and he and like you know, like the seats moving, and like there's he's you know he's getting sprayed, and like the sound there's sound coming out of his chair. And he came out, and he's like, that movie ruled. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a fucking ride. Um, I okay, so yeah, I, I had a great, I had a great viewing experience in the in the theater. Uh, in the theater, uh, it sounds like we all kind of had our own had our own sort of you know adventures. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's it's amazing to see on the big screen. I'm glad I saw this one on the big screen. And I will say it starts off with a bang. I think the cold open. So they've kind of got all these different aesthetics for like different worlds. Uh, it it, it kind of it lives with all these different animation styles. Like some of the worlds are animated differently, some of the environments, the different Earths, and then also the individual characters within them. And the Gwen Stacy segment that begins this movie, I really like Gwen Stacy's characters in these movies. Yeah. I think she, I think it's just like really, really well voiced, and it's a great character design. Um, Have you heard the um, the uh, Gwen Stacy is trans theory? No. I have heard this. Uh, so above Gwen Stacy's door is uh, protect trans kids uh, uh, over a trans flag. Hmm. And on her father's jacket is a trans flag. And Gwen Stacy's home world is exclusively rendered in the palette of the trans flag. And her coming out uh, attempts to her dad mirror uh, a, a a trans experience. So there is the theory that, you know, whether or not they ever confirm it doesn't really matter because clearly what she represents is yeah. either the trans experience as a metaphor or that she herself is trans. And I think that is fucking awesome. There was a lot of really dope stuff in this movie similar to that that I, as I was watching it, I was like, "There's going to be so many fucking dumbasses that are mad," and I was like, it, "That on that alone, it rocks." Like, just like, I mean, we'll get to them, but like the fact that there is a character in this movie that talks about anti-capitalism and fascism fucking rocks. It's a movie for children. It rules. <laughs> it, it, it's it's that's cool, but there's also the aspect of now we've reached a point where. Uh, punk has been dead for two decades, but now it's we really can fucking shovel some dirt on this. If we're in a Disney Sony co production, sure, that you know yeah. we're fucking talking about. They're they're the ones saying, yeah, they're, exactly. It's, sort of it's like it's like it's, they're the ones. It's like yeah. the, it's like Catwoman and the the and the Batman talking about white privilege. It's like okay, well, this concept and eating is, the rich, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't really have any relevance anymore. Uh, I think that that it's like. That said, all that shit is cool. I, I I had not heard that about Gwen Stacy. Um, that's that's fascinating context. I will say that the palette of her world is, which is just like lives in these violets and teals. Um, it's really smeary. It looks hand painted as a lot of this movie does. Like that's just like my favorite environment. And that's where you begin. It looks so fucking rad. And then. To me, just the most dazzling thing. This movie's kind of front loaded with the stuff that, like, Spider Punk, which we'll get to, uh, is another one. But as mm -hmm. far as like an animation style that completely clashes with the reality that it inhabits, the Vulture from the Renaissance, it just like <laughs> looks like a Renaissance drawing and and moves like it. It has the mechanics of it. Uh, it has how you imagine like a Da Vinci like fucking um, 
invention would move. It's like, it's so fucking cool. And I think this, this brings me back to the James Cameron avatar way of water thing of just like movies are something you look at and it's okay for them to just like live in beauty. And I feel like that's so much of like this, this experience is just like, it's just a beautiful thing to observe. Yeah. And like the thing about the clashing, um, art styles, like obviously they stand out from each other. But it never it never seems bad. Like it never looks like in a way that like is like shitty. It's always like, oh, like look, that's like different. That's kind of cool the way that looks or whatever. But it's it's never like in uh conflict with the other thing that you're looking at, which is just great. No, um, no. Like art design. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, yeah, the art direction is amazing. These, this, this is just like a world class this world class craftsmanship. I mean, it, it's like it just sometimes you'll see like a like a yeah, something that looks more two D animated and it's got like a three D object in it like a vehicle or something is three D and it doesn't quite sit in right like this is the opposite of this of like these yeah. these things like don't even belong together but still artistically they ma- manage to make them make sense in the same space it's it's a staggering achievement. I I will be so bummed out if the best animated film Oscar doesn't go to this movie. Because, and I'll also be bummed out if Suzume doesn't get nominated. Like, Mm, if it's mm -hmm. just going to be whatever the, you know, what if emotions had feelings Pixar movie. Yeah. The one where it's like, I'm a fire and I'm sad. And that was kind of bad. Uh, Like, if it's going to be that, and I I don't even know what else, like, the, 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 Chicken Run, so Dawn of the Nugget. Do you know, listener? Listener, let me tell you that animated production, on the whole, is treated as second tier in this industry. One hundred percent bullshit. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you're an animation writer, you and you work uh, in the animation guild, you do not receive residuals Major for problem. the work that you've done. Yeah, um, the health insurance is weaker. And something I learned this weekend is that the directors of animated films are not in the DGA or TAG. They're not in the Directors Guild or the Animation Guild. They are, like, unrepresented by Guild, which is fucking crazy. Because Sounds like that's this, what happened to those first three guys? <laughs> Solves that mystery? This, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> it was probably like, we spent, like, 10 years of our life working on this fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, you uh, want more money? Uh, see ya. So, so like some of them the, do have producing credits on the new one. So, and, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go full. Fu- I'm I'm going full offensive here. Uh-oh. I oh, think boy. I think this I think animated films represent more work, more human toil than live action films. Wow! Yeah, easily. This is I, I, this is a take that I I, I I like that. That's pretty good. No, you can tell because, just by the just by the pr- production cycle, but just how long they take. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, because you don't every like every fucking time Miles moves, he has to be created. Whereas, like, if you're shooting somebody doing it, you don't have to fuck, give birth, and raise the person for every single action. You don't. No. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> But it's it's a real problem in the industry, and I think that it's because there are these grumpy fucking like old people. These like the the problems in politics are the problems in the film and television industry, and these old people don't fucking get it. 
and they are uh, they are gatekeeping the expansion of artistic medium or or new thinking from 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 taking hold. We got to get rid of these fucking old people. Uh, hey, I'm all for that. We had one shot with COVID, but that, and then we, you know, <laughs> fucked that up. The wrong the one vaccine. survived is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at the animated release schedule. Hey, look, I really like the Super Mario Brothers movie. People had different opinions. I thought it was a blast. Um, uh, not in the same level of this. Suzume obviously was, was was incredible, and this is this is great. There, you know, the Ninja Turtles movie. I'm optimistic about. So, oh, that looks cool. Has a really that looks cool really aesthetic good. to it. Uh, to your point, Heather, what you were just talking about, since we're kind of getting into the, in the labor side of things, I hope that this was not a, a horrible crush of production, as a lot of these animated movies are. I hope that everyone uh, working in, uh, what, what was it? Is it Sony Pictures Animation? Who actually animated yeah. this? Yeah. Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, I, not that she'll ever hear this, but uh, I went to high school with uh, one of the senior producers on Spider-Verse 2 and wow. 3. Uh, and... Uh, she told me internally that it was extremely anime influenced. Um, it, to- which it totally is looks like it. Fucking awesome. Yeah. The, I also know that this one took five years. The last one came out five years ago. That's a long time for a sequel nowadays, right? Like, and I know that the next one comes out next year because I think they're sort of doing them back yeah. to back. But I had heard in an interview with Haley Steinfeld that they were like, you know, as of a couple of weeks ago, still recording stuff for this one. Well, in tw- that's also the way it works for yeah. the Rick and Morty production mm-hmm. schedule, is that we are, I mean, none of us currently because of the yeah. strike, but generally speaking, we are altering those scripts right up until it it happens. You know, as long as, as, long as the, the lip flap can be made to match the uh the new voice or the new change um and i think that also you know in a in any comedy that's trying to be relevant you can't write your jokes exclusively two and a half years ago yeah some shit changes some of the jokes here did feel like like oh maybe that's that feels like that was a that feels like an older joke but it's also like well that's the production cycle of animation the shit fucking takes forever to make it's it's tough to anticipate what's gonna happen um but but uh I I heard that about Deadpool of like one of the things of like the the issues with Deadpool is like because the character doesn't have super visible lip flap they were they had the pressure to keep doing rewrites and keep coming up with alts like basically all the way up until you know as late as you possibly could for a live action film um, yeah. and that was just like a, a just like a killer for production wise uh, but I was gonna say the or post production wise. Uh, 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 just back to the labor things real quick. You know, I, I walk the line, I walk the picket line every day and there's a dude who shows up sometimes, older dude, and he's got a sign that lists the five strikes he was, he's walked in, um, including starting in 1981. Uh, and this guy's a member of WGA, the Writers Guild, and also TAG, the Animation Guild. And, you know, I've talked to him a few times and he uh, wrote a 70 plus episodes of Tailspin. And, wow. Yeah. Fuck. And so like, you know, and and it's like one of those things where you talk to a guy like this, everyone's just like starstruck. Like, holy shit, I know Tailspin. I watch Tailspin all the time. And then it's just like no residuals, no, you know, a, a, like like some like a an upfront payment that is insultingly low and then that's that's it. Uh good luck. We'll keep airing your thing forever. So that's definitely an issue that exists. 
in, in particular in animation. And I think it's partly because there's a little bit less visibility for it because a lot of it is just like, oh, that's kid stuff. Animation, that's for kids. Um, thankfully, yeah. and I think something like Across the Spider-Verse, hopefully, in a larger sense, lets people know that there is an audience in America and globally for adult animation. Like this is a movie that has that has a family uh, side of it that that kids it can happen. watch, but it this is not uh, like a ch- a children's movie. I'm going to be movie. spicy. I'm going to be spicy. Here's my spiciness. Yes. They don't we we've given them 30 fucking years. 30 years to understand that animation is a medium not uh not a kind of story. Mm. Like, Akira came out forever ago. Yeah. Forever ago. And there is not just one, but two generations, almost three generations of people who grew up watching anime who know that it's it's not for kids. Like, it's just like a, it's a fucking medium. Like, Mononoke was reviewed by Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Like, it's, How like, I got this shit has been it. happening for forever. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not taking the notice. The people in charge are barricading against change, and I am fucking tired of it. I, watching this movie made me feel angry. It didn't make me feel happy. It made me feel angry. It made me feel angry that, like, that, pe- that, that, that we just keep trying and trying and trying to make animation for everybody. Right. Like you can have a fucking Pixar film and it's like, oh, this adults can enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, but but it's not for adult. But like the idea that th- there'd be like a that Marvel would make one of their mainline MCU films an animated film, that's not gonna fucking happen. The only dude making adult animation is James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. he honestly, is- yeah. And he is fucking hiding it. Like, he is hiding the ball so that you think you're not watching a cartoon. But that dude leapfrogged all the way to, oh, you want you want the biggest movie? The two biggest movies of all time are both cartoons. That's a great point. Well, even, it's not a cartoon or an animated movie, but I Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I, you guys, I don't know, you guys probably didn't see that, but I went and saw it because uh, I, and you know, I have to. Um, but... The and I I that one I actually really enjoyed in a different way because it was to me legitimately good in a similar way that this movie is legitimately good. We talk about you know a lot of people are superhero fatigued. That's what the, that's what the discourse is. But if the movie is good, people will go see it and then, and say it's good. But there was a scene in um in Guardians of the Galaxy three where two animated characters are talking to each other and having a like it's rocket and a and an otter and they're like having this really like sad intimate moment and i'm sitting there i'm watching this and i'm affected by it yeah and then in one second i'm like this is a fucking cartoon what are we doing here <laughs> i was like they're acting like this ain't a fucking cartoon what's going on here but at that you know if it because it, it was it felt a little sillier because they're making it look real but if it was like an animated, it was actually a cartoon. I'd probably be a little more like, "Oh, this is this is sad." Because there are moments in this where I got fucking choked up. 
Well, yeah, it's it's got like a really strong style to it. I mean, that's the yeah. it's, it's it's just like fucking choices all over the place. What you were just saying reminded me of the quote unquote live action, although in 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 actuality animated, you know, Lion King, where they did yes. they went with a much more realistic aesthetic, and it's just like it just loses the charm because they look like taxidermied animals being forced <laughs> yeah. to do a motion yeah. yeah and and yeah. and i guess this that that brings me to like a more general point of like what i love about this movie and what i love about like uh did y'all see Wendell and Wild which came it was stop motion film that came out recently um no. it was uh it's the the uh, the same director as Nightmare Before Christmas the uh, the the director's name is escaping me right now even Henry though I know Henry Selleck yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's like it's just a, it's another one where it's just like this just leans into being this is animated. We're just going to embrace that this is an animated film. We're not trying to give you the sort of of smoothness. Uh, we're not trying to avoid being, you know, like like we're, we're leaning into you can just like see the visible uh, seams here. And that's definitely the case, like with just like uh, the character designs here. You know, like, there's just like lines drawn on faces. You can just you can you, like the, like these are these are things that are that are this this is art that is created and that is put in uh, that is given motion. Like it's it's not doing anything to try to run away from the fact that it's animated. It's not trying to be like j- just just the again just like that that a lot of it is animated in twos and that there's just sort of like more of a stop motiony quality to it. We're not worried about things being. Um, as as blurry and as smooth as you as you see in other films, which is like, I think that I think a lot of that comes back to the early CG hits of things like you know Toy Story and Shrek, where where a lot of the reaction people have a hard time thinking of this now in modern terms, but a lot of the reaction at the time was like, wow, it looks so real, and like it was even though there was a style to it, it was an attempt to sort of recreate real motion, real locomotion with the animation. Here they're just sort of like. Like, nah, fuck that. Let's just, like, make things look cool and make things look like they are drawn and puppeted. Yeah, no, and, like, a lot of that stuff really helps sell, like, the vibe of, like, a character, too, right? Like, because, like, uh, Hobie Brown, for example, has a more of a, like, frenetic movement to him, kind of, because he's, like, the he's punk Spider-Man. Yeah. So he has, like, sort of sloppier, edgier-looking lines and stuff, and that affects how he moves. The animation rules for Hobie were that his body were, was on the threes, his vest was offset, but also on threes. So the body would move a frame or two before the vest would move. The guitar was only animated on fours, the outline on twos, and the guitar always had a cutout. Wow. Like, the, I can't fucking give him the Oscar. Lots to keep track of, yeah. It is like, I don't know, like I... It's interesting to, I guess when I saw the first one, I didn't know it was a, it didn't bomb, right? Because, like, it was critically no. well-received. It, like, it made its budget back, I think. Like, in the, you know, they greenlit the sequel, but it didn't perform the way that these movies perform now. But, like, I, you know, and I guess Heather, too, were like, this was, like, that was the movie of the year for me. That was, like, it was it, was it for me. I have a hard time thinking of a movie coming out this year or a movie I've seen this year that's going to, Top this one for me. Like I, I, I had a blast. My mom called me yesterday, and she was like, "Matt, I saw the new Spider Verse. That was the best thing I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus. I was like, yeah, "It was good, right?" And we talked about it for like forty minutes. Sunflower was on my wedding playlist. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like it 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 was such a titan in the last five years of my life mm-hmm. that like I can't it's so fucking good, man. It's really and great. this was so good. And it had one of the few jokes that has ever made me laugh actually out loud in a theater. Okay, can you can you say what well, it is? You know, let's let's get into spoiler country just for this. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, thwip, thwip. Yeehaw, yeehaw. Um, there is a spider cowboy in the in the movie, actually. When oh, Hobie Brown, spider punk, yeah. is looking down into a giant, like, bottomless pit that is expanding in uh, Spider-Man India's world in Mumbai Hatton. Somebody says, what is that? And very quickly... Spider-Punk replies, it's a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah, and that made me laugh And it was such a fucking hard and sudden joke that I, like, l- slapped my leg and laughed. <laughs> and Mary was like, wait, what did he say? What did he say? Because it's also so fast yeah. that uh, that it, it could get lost. I heard that there was issues with the sound at some theaters, too, because there was, like, specific um, settings that projectionists had to follow for the movie and uh some theaters didn't do it so like some of it was some of some of the music at times was louder than the dialogue for some screenings mixing is a as a whole another can of worms i feel like i need to i'll probably need to rewatch this with subtitles at a certain point uh, but i do yeah. plan to rewatch it cuz i really enjoyed it and the yeah, so many of the environments are so cool. So the characters are are you know like the stuff that the kind of stuff that makes me laugh is like Lego Spider Man going like boop boop into his wrist. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's that funny. shit. <laughs> that's also like just to talk about my mom again for a second. Her favorite movie is Lego Batman. Lego Batman rips. <laughs> that's a. She's it's really like, funny. Th- that is the funniest movie I've ever seen. I remember one time being on an airplane with her. She watched it on the plane to our destination. And on the way back, watched it again. She was like, "It's she's like and, and like is laughing loud on the airplane like a lunatic." I was like, "It's she, but she loves it." She was like, "Matt, all I want now is a Lego Spider-Man movie." She's like, "I loved him. Uh, I loved a lot of the. I mean, we talked a little bit about the performances in this movie. Uh, Oscar Isaac was such a great um, Miguel O'Hara was such a great um, like antagonist." Um, for this movie, uh, kind of, kind of, right? Because like, bleak, kind of a bleak guy. Yeah, kind of dark. Yeah. No, he's he's not making any jokes. Yeah. He's a not funny Spider-Man. Uh, every other Spider-Man, really funny. <laughs> like, has has the right thing to say at the right time. Um, I also loved Jason Schwartzman, uh, the Spot performance. I thought that was really fun. Started off as a complete joke. At the, by the end of the movie, he's a very menacing figure, and it's like gonna fuck everything up. Yeah, it's it's uh, a it's a it's a great voice performance. I'll also just like that was a that's a character design and the, with with physics and with a rule set that just like broke my brain. Just mm-hmm. that it could like you know like it's this this character with with this white uh, the this white character with black spots that it can take off of its uh, person and then put into environments, and then that allows you know like a portal like situation where you can reach into another part of the reality and that you can also like in like that also folds back on itself all that shit is like man this is just i'm so impressed they were able to to figure out the geometry of this and storyboard this and execute this in motion it's really really impressive to see 
and there's also just like the way they handle I'm interested to see like I want to watch them both now back to back because I've seen a lot of TikToks that are like they foreshadowed this in the first one. Mm. Like there's a moment before Miles gets bit in the first one where his he's um his spider well I guess he gets bit and his spider sense is green and purple like uh Prowler's colors. And then when he talks to Spider-Man for the first time, it becomes red and blue, meaning that like his like trajectory changed, and like that's a big part of the the final act of this movie too. Interesting. Like, uh, so like I wonder how much of that was actually planned from the first film. Doesn't uh, into, the well yeah. they they started writing this and developing it before the first one was released. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that those moments, those those like winks, are entirely intentional. Didn't the the spider that bites him also glitches. Yes, exactly. That's also so, true. Yeah. And you see the exact moment the spot becomes the spot in the first one, but it's not like yep. part of it. Like he gets yep. hit in the head with a bagel and like it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like a joke in the first one. You don't know anything about it. And then that's like his whole thing. And you're like, huh, what? And then you see the clip and you're like, oh yeah, I guess that is how it happened. It's like this it's um, like the doctor in Last of Us Part One versus Part Two. It's like, oh yes. wait, okay. Oh wow. <laughs> that character was oh, important. Shit. This had major consequences, yeah, yeah. huh? It wasn't just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I mean I know we probably should be wrapping it up, but I guess let's we we should quickly say the stuff that we really really liked. Um, I loved. I also loved the um, Ben Riley Spider Man performance by Andy Samberg. I thought he was really funny. Wait, which Spider Man was that? I've lost track. He was the he was he's a well in the comics he's a clone of Spider Man, but he has also my favorite my favorite 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 Spider Man fit. It's just a fucking like red suit. With like a blue hoodie cut up, uh, and he was the guy that was like brooding in the corner, and he was the guy that was like now looking at the walls, and those seem fine. Really funny performance, but also I just that suit fucking rules to me, and that's like that's it's a fucking vibe. I love it. Yeah, there's little there. There's some there's some references to other Spider Man and Spider Man adjacent properties with some live action things. Um, Yes. Uh, which you know, which are which are fun. I I mean, I, I yeah, I I I'll say what I, the thing I really liked beyond the first act, which I think is just so cool, and that that whole cold open up until the title sequence is just amazing to look at. I I watch these movies, I feel like in a different way than a lot of Spider Man fans because I just don't have a lot of mm-hmm. context for everything, so I just more sort of like just it's just a feast for the eyes, and I just sort of let it wash over me, and like a lot of the canon details is just like stuff that is like i don't really know what's going on but i I love looking at it but i will say that the there's a third act not third not even third act there's like a towards the end twist which i won't spoil here just in case you haven't seen it yet and you're listening this far that i was like oh wow that's really fucking well done and i did not get ahead of that i think apodaca did spoil Wait, you did spoil it already huh wait really yeah he did yeah, he did. When? Earlier. Oh, earlier? We entered into spoiler country, so I thought it was fair game. But Apodaca definitely spoiled what I think you're saying that Is it there are you talking about the reveal at like the very the end? The very end, yeah. I sort of did say something about that a little bit Should ago. Should we just say it now so we're on the same page? 
When when Miles is the prowler in the alternate, he is a boner. He's a right? boner. Alter- he's a big old boner. He's a huge boner. Oh yeah, when he's fucking bricked up, and he's not because he's Lego yeah. Spider Man. I, I I guess it was more that it was less that reveal uh, and more that just like he's like he was in the wrong world, like that he was in the wrong oh, reality. Yeah. Like that, like oh that me, was really well executed because he even has a dialogue with his mom that like makes sense. Both sides of it makes sense. I was ahead. I was not ahead. Of that turn because we did the exact same thing in the season six premiere of Rick and oh, Morty. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, you should have seen me in the fucking theater. My fucking jaw, like on the ground when that <laughs> happened. I, was, I felt like the biggest idiot. I was like, oh, I guess they maybe did telegraph that, but I, uh, maybe they did, but I was like so shocked by it. Um, yeah. I, 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 lo- I love I had, not being ahead of something. I love it when a twist gets me going. Yeah, me too. I had empathy because, you know, when you see somebody do something that you've done or that, that, that you're like, ah, fuck. You feel like like shitty because it's like oh like when you you write a movie and you find out that a movie that's similar to that is being made or something you know what I mean yeah like I was like oh man I don't know if anybody involved in this production watched season six but I would have been bummed out I would have been like oh that's that's the third act of the thing yeah. is that everybody goes back to their proper universes it's pretty yeah kind of little bit something uh there is a fun cameo to kind of a completely different uh different topic there's a fun cameo from insomniac insomniac spider-man i think they just call oh, him yeah. insomniac spider-man which is fun yep i liked that a lot insomniac yeah. and i nice. i feel like i gotta mention to seeing i mean this is like a spoiler too but um Seeing Donald Glover in live action in the movie as Prowler, because he's in the first Tom Holland Spider-Man as that character, but as like a at, like he's like street level. He never gets to like be him in the movie. You don't see it, but just the knowing the history there yeah. and seeing it come full circle is pretty cool. As like a as as a fan, I I liked seeing that. We didn't. We didn't say our. Yeah. Wait. Are we still talking about our favorite things? Just yeah, in I like. I, I like that quite a bit. That was fucking. Like the, yeah. Spider Gwen, Spider Punk, seeing the floating ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Coming after Miles Morales, I was like, fucking hell, man. And then also, I love anytime anybody talks to a horse, and uh, yeah. him being like, "Why does a horse need a mask? How does that make sense?" Perfect joke. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I love that joke. That's great. I mean, it didn't make me laugh out loud, but I was like, ah, I like that joke. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy is good. Uh, Shameik Moore's performance as Miles Morales is really good if we haven't shut it Jesus out specifically. Christ. But it's just, Oof, he's got so good. So much of the movie is just on him. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's just a really great characterization. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I also think. Uh, I think Jake Johnson is really fun in these movies. And Jake Johnson rules. Yeah. In general, and in like I'm always, I'm such a big fan of his. I just always love seeing him, and I think he's so great. And uh, in these movies, he had he does such a great, great performance as Peter Parker. It's really just like astounding. Yeah, some some really good voice work overall. And and you know, I think the storytelling works, and I think that that all the stuff like all the 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 Spider Verse, uh, like like all the nitty gritty of that. All, all that stuff like kind of just just goes over my head, but I don't even care because again, it's just so so staggering to look at. I like the first movie better, I think, 
Uh, I'll watch them both again, and we'll see. But I, I just feel like the first movie is just so self-contained and such a such a great package. Maybe I'll feel differently once I see part three. But I'm so glad these movies exist, and I'm so glad that something with such a strong aesthetic is allowed to have this prominence in pop culture and have such success financially, and hopefully that leads to more experimentation that's not just like fucking... DC League of Super Pets. But like, you know yeah. what? Let's take this IP, let's do something interesting with it. And hey, you know what? Maybe let's take an original idea and give someone a budget to make something interesting with it. I I don't know. I I just I I hopefully this leads to more of that, but the cynical cynic side of me makes me think these will probably just be a trilogy of unicorns. It is one of those things where it is kind of like after the first cuz like I felt this way too about the first Lego movie. I was like, "This, they're gonna fucking ruin this immediately." Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, because like I, that first one is such an anomaly. Like, it's like such a great film. Uh, and it, uh, actually, I was proven wrong though because like I do like every single one of them that I've, I haven't seen Ninjago, but every other Lego movie that I watched, I was like, "That was great. I liked that." But I was worried that they're gonna take the wrong lessons from it. And other companies did is the thing right like they have the emoji movie like they have the oh, God. Uh, tr- trolls uh that but that's those that's not for me either right that's like those are our for children sure. but i they studios will take the wrong thing from a great idea and have that be the reason they do it so like they probably will do something similar to this but with something else and worse right um but i these movies are very special they're very great Every, like top to bottom, the music's great. Visually, they're great. The performances are great. The characters are great. All of it really rocks. It's a miracle that they got it right twice. Uh, and I can't wait to see how they um, how they stick the landing in the third one next year. That's wild. That's coming out next year. In can't March wait. next year. That's real like soon. sooner than a year from now. That's real soon. <laughs> I, I, I think they might. I'm guessing based off of this one's performance, they might bump it a little bit further down the calendar. Who, who's yeah? Who knows? Uh, any other thoughts? I mean, I'll just if you don't stop me, I'll just keep saying I like this part was cool. <laughs> I like I, I like the bad guys. Uh, I like the you know, it just it's great. Like it's you know, it's I I love it, and I can't wait now for um for the you know this will be for a different show, but that Spider Man two footage that they showed at uh um the PlayStation thing two weeks ago. Nice, looks nice, and I can't wait to be Miles again. I just love Miles. Miles is cool. Miles is great. Look, I like Gwen. Fucking sue my ass. I'm ready for. I'm I'm ready for a Gwen. Uh, Apparently, Uh, they're 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 making a Spider Woman spinoff movie, which I think would be you know, hopefully Spider Gwen. Yeah, go on. She's in Fortnite. Hey, that's cool. So you you can play as Spider Gwen, you can play as Miles, or you can play as Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Let me fucking and... boot that shit up and spend some V bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, Gwen is no longer available fuck! permanently because she was a last season reward. God damn so it! So you got to play Fortnite nonstop in order to get these prizes. Can I get like Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor? Is she in the game? <laughs> Not Please. yet. Okay. <laughs> when can I download Marco Rubio? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot something huge that I wanted to say about um, uh, one of the characters from uh, Into the Spider, or from 
uh, across the Spider-Verse that appeared originally in Into the Spider-Verse. I can't remember her name, but she's the little anime character specifically. Penny Parker, uh, right? Penny. Yeah. Her robot, her mech in the first one is more round and like playful, and she has like a more playful disposition. But in this one, somebody pointed out they Shinji-fied her. And like she's like kind of like sad, and her robot looks like a fucking Eva. Like it's like it's big like that. Yep, pretty tight. All right, fun to delve into the Spider Verse. But next week we're back into the Suzumiya Verse. We'll be back on a regular programming, the Melancholy of a Harui Suzumiya, as we continue with parts. Which parts are we on, Matt? Uh, nine and eleven. The Mystery Sign and Remote Island Syndrome Part Two. Great. So check that out. Listen along. But until then. Much like Penny Parker, y'all got animated. Oh, shit. 